Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Beyond the Basket. I am your host, Brandon Muting, and this episode is going to be called Tooth and Nail because all of the Big East basketball games this week were extremely close. The ones I'm going to talk about at least. Three of them, it could have came down to the buzzer, and in fact, one of them went in overtime. St. John's almost had a game-winning shot against Marquette, and the DePaul Blue Demons kept up with the 25th-ranked UConn Huskies. So, insane stuff happening in the Big East this week. So, how I'm going to go through this episode, we're going to, first of all, we're going to talk about Villanova because it sounds like, you know what, let me just talk about Villanova right now. The Villanova Wildcats are returning tomorrow, finally, after taking all the COVID protocols they were supposed to. They are taking on the Seton Hall Pirates tomorrow, so that should be a fun game to watch out for. Then, we are going to take a look at the Yukon Huskies and the DePaul Blue Demons game to see how that shaped up, and to see how it ended. Then, of course, the St. John's Red Storm and the Marquette Golden Eagles. That was a very close game. We'll talk about that. And then the upset with the Butler Bulldogs defeating at the time was the 8th-ranked Creighton Blue Jays. We'll see how that shaped up. It did go into overtime. We'll get to more of that later. Then I do have a quick announcement at the end of the podcast, and then, of course, we're going to go over our Big East Player of the Week, Big East Team of the Week, Big East Bench Player of the Week, and then the AP poll results for all the Big East teams. And you know what? I'm going to talk about some other teams in the AP poll results because I'm not going to lie. I am very surprised with how some of the teams were ranked. Very surprised, actually. But we will get to that at the very end of the podcast. All right, now let's dive into these Big East basketball games, starting with the Dan Hurley UConn Husky team versus Dave Lateo's DePaul Blue Demon team. Now, when you were going into the game, you thought the 25th ranked UConn Huskies would have blew the DePaul Blue Demons right out of the water, but that was not the case. Of course, the UConn Huskies had a very good start to the game, and DePaul could not recover. But then the second part of the first half, DePaul brought the intensity on defense. And here's another thing to keep in mind. The UConn star James Buchanite is out with an elbow injury. And R.J. Cole, the bench point guard, stepped in for Dan Hurley's team. Taking a look at the leading scorers for both teams, Tyrese Martin, the shooting guard out of Connecticut, had 18 points. And Darius Hall for the DePaul Blue Demons had 10 points. Now you're probably like, the leading scorer only had 10 points. They were spread out. They had like a balanced team. And that's a good sign in ball movement for the DePaul Blue Demons. Now some strengths for the UConn Huskies. They had good bench depth to recover for James Buchanite. RJ Cole really stepped up. And then, of course, Tyler Poley, which last week's East Bench Player of the Week, really stepped in. I believe he had 12 points, so he was able to make an impact off the bench. And I love how they talked about the Big East announcers. We're talking about how Tyler Poley should stay benched because when you have all of your starters out, you need to have someone to lead your bench squad. And Tyler Poley is that guy for the UConn Huskies to orchestrate a good offense and create a good defense. He needs to be that leader for the bench squad. And I love that the Big East announcers were talking about it because if it was up to Dan Hurley, I bet Tyler Poley would be starting. But that is just not the case. He is leading that bench. And you need a good bench team in order to win these games. Now, some... Good things for the DePaul Blue Demons. They out-rebounded UConn by 10 rebounds. And anytime you out-rebound a team by double digits, 
you should probably be winning that game. Unfortunately, the DePaul Blue Demons did not win the game, but out-rebounding the UConn Huskies by 10 rebounds is a good start for DePaul. If they continue out-rebounding other Big East teams, they're going to start getting the wins. Now, some weaknesses from both sides. The UConn Huskies only shot 27.8% from three-point range. I don't know if it's just the lack of James Booknight or just the lack of open perimeter shots. They just couldn't get a whole lot of three-point shots to fall. And what led to the DePaul Blue Demons' downfall, especially in the last few minutes of the game when they had a chance to take the lead, they had 24 turnovers, and UConn was creating those turnovers, but there was a couple of ones that DePaul could have prevented to stay in the game. The UConn Huskies took the game 60-53, to and you're starting to wonder, DePaul's Dave Lateo, is he going to be out after this season? A lot of people said he should have been out last season, but of course with COVID-19, the coach carousel was kind of closed, I would say, for a season. But I think after this season, Dave Lateo is going to be on his way out. They need to bring in another coach who can create a better standing for the DePaul Blue Demons. I want to say they've only had one good start, and that was when they, when they went undefeated, and they weren't even in the March Madness talk by the end of the season. So we're going to have to see if the DePaul Blue Demons could turn it around with Coach Lateo, or they're going to have to go into a new direction with a new head coach. Now, taking a look at the next game, we have the St. John's Red Storm against the Marquette Golden Eagles. Mike Anderson, you know what, after Chris Mullen stepped down, Mike Anderson is slowly starting to create something in the Red Storm. It's not going to happen this year, but I think in the next coming seasons, they could be like a mid-tier Big East team. And the Marquette Golden Eagles, of course, after losing Marcus Howard excuse me, and Sakara Neem, they need to build something up again, and Steve Wojnarowski is trying to get that built back in. Now, for this game, the leading scorer for the Marquette Golden Eagles was DJ Carton. The transfer from Ohio State had 14 points, and of course, the star of the St. John's Red Storm, Julian Champagny, had 20 points for the Red Storm. Some positives for the Golden Eagles, they shot 87.5% from the free throw line, and it seems like these biggest teams aren't shooting that well from the line. Well, Marquette has kept that consistency, so good job for the Golden Eagles. And the positive for the St. John's Red Storm, their ball movement was amazing. They had 19 assists, and especially in the Big East, you need to spread out the floor and you need to dig down low with your bigs. And if St. John's keeps that up with the ball movement, they can start winning these games. Some downsides for both teams. Marquette had 19 turnovers, and you wonder why this game was so close. You were giving St. John's free buckets, free fast break points. You're just handing them points. Um, however, St. John's kind of equaled that out with the 21 fouls, sending Marquette to the free throw line, where Marquette shot 87.5% from the free throw line. At the very end of the game, St. John's had the ball and Julian Champagny shot from the three-point line, and it almost went in, but it missed, giving Marquette the win, 73-71. to Marquette is starting to look better. A lot of people on Twitter, I've noticed, is calling Marquette one of the worst teams, but I wouldn't call them one of the worst teams. They still have a good squad. I wouldn't call them a top-tier Big East team, but I wouldn't call them a low-tier. I would call them like a mid-tier with DJ Carton and the freshman Dawson Garcia. They're keeping up. I don't know about a tournament bid at the very end of the season. But you know what? Marquette is bringing the intensity, especially after losing star Marcus Howard. Now, the game I watched this week. The Creighton Blue Jays with head coach Greg McDermott against the Butler Bulldogs and Laval Jordan. 
And yes, I did watch the UConn-DePaul game, excuse me, but I also watched this game, and this game was very, very fun to watch, actually, because both teams kept going on runs. It was back and forth. Butler, the entire first half, had a good run. The start of the second half, Creighton had a run. The end of the second half, Butler had a run, and it ended up going into overtime. But before we get to that overtime segment, let's talk about the leading scorers for both teams. Creighton Blue Jays were led by Denzel Mahoney with 29 points, which was a career high for the senior. And then Aaron Thompson, 17 points for the Butler Bulldogs. Another thing to mention, Sharif Mitchell had to step in for Marcus Zagorowski. Marcus Zagorowski having a hamstring injury kept him out for a second game, hoping to see the Big East preseason player play in the next game. Some positives for the Blue Jays, though. They had six blocks when Butler didn't have any. The... This team isn't very tall. Their tallest guy, I want to say, is the freshman Ryan Kalkbrenner, and people are calling him Ryan Blockbrenner, which I think is an amazing nickname for the freshman. But otherwise, you're having smaller forwards play defense in the paint, but I'm saying that Ryan Kalkbrenner is the core of these blocks, and that is good to see from a freshman, especially in the future for Greg McDermott and his squad. However, Butler limited turnovers, and that is what Creighton builds off of, is turnovers. They only limited their turnovers to seven, so good job to the Butler Bulldogs not letting the Creighton Blue Jays get a chance to capitalize on fast break points. Some downsides for both teams, though. Creighton was in foul trouble, had 22 fouls throughout the whole game. You felt like everyone was getting swapped out every single possession because of how many fouls they're committing, and you already lost someone in Marcus Zagorowski. You only have Jet Canfield, who actually just received a scholarship last year because of Marcus Zagorowski's injuries. And Jet Canfield, he's good on defense, but he's not a guy you would want to orchestrate an offense. You would want Sharif Mitchell. However, Sharif Mitchell was one of the guys in foul trouble. But for Butler, they had too many rushed shots in the second half. For the entire game, they shot 37.5% from field goal range. Not great for the Butler Bulldogs, but hey, they forced overtime in the 8th-ranked Creighton Blue Jays, and they actually were able to take them out even after two big turnovers in the beginning of the overtime period. Butler beat the Creighton Blue Jays 70-66. to Butler is definitely a low-tier basketball team in the Big East, so for them to knock off one of the top-tier Big East teams like the Creighton Blue Jays was a huge message to the rest of the conference and the rest of the NCAA teams to let them know, hey, even if we're this isn't our season, we are still able to knock off these big teams. I don't think they're going to make March Madness. I think Creighton will be a top seed, but we will have to see how the rest of the season plays out. We still have like a month and a half, and I'm excited. And speaking of March, this is my announcement for the podcast. Starting February 1st, so in two weeks, I'm going to be giving out my bracketology on the podcast, so the podcast episode might be a little longer. Right now, it's averaging about like 20-ish minutes. This one might be 30 to 40 minutes because I want to cover my bracket and some of the predictions for it. I will be doing that every week until Selection Sunday when we get the actual bracket. And when March Madness rolls around, this podcast is going to get extravagant, and it's going to be a really awesome time. 
Now, moving on to my awards, the biggest player of the week is Julian Champagny out of St. John's. I thought about giving it to Denzel Mahoney getting that career-high 29 points, but Julian Champagny actually played very well in both of the games that St. John's had this week against the Butler Bulldogs and the Marquette Golden Eagles. He is really leading this Red Storm team, and Mike Anderson has put the leadership in his hands, so I'm giving him the biggest player of the week. And I believe even the conference gave him the Big East Player of the Week. So congratulations to Julian Champagny and the St. John's Red Storm. The Big East Team of the Week, I'm going to give to the Butler Bulldogs. I think they deserve it after knocking off the 8th ranked at the time Creighton Blue Jays. They were able to knock off a top tier team. Big East Bench Player of the Week is actually the freshman out of Butler, Chuck Harris. Chuck Harris actually did a really good job. In one of his biggest games, probably, of the year against the Creighton Blue Jays, and he had a good game. He actually had a couple free throws that went down to him, and he actually played really well against a top-tier team. So it was nice to see someone like Chuck Harris come off the bench and play well for the Butler Bulldogs. And I'm sure Laval Jordan thought the same exact thing after the game. Now, we're going to be looking at the top 25, the AP poll results, and I'm going to say I'm shocked, but let me start off with the Big East basketball teams. Villanova, after the COVID protocols, protocols, excuse me, they are staying at three. We will see if they stay there after facing Seton Hall tomorrow. Can Seton Hall Pirates knock off the Wildcats? We will have to see. Creighton fell three spots. They are now ranked 11th in the nation after losing to Butler. And then the Yukon Huskies moved up two spots, going to spot 23 after knocking off the DePaul Blue Demons, and they actually faced the St. John's Red Storm tonight. So can Julian Champagny knock off the Yukon Huskies? Are the Yukon Huskies and Dan Hurley too strong for this St. John's team? Now, I want to talk about the other teams in this AP poll. Gonzaga and Baylor, top two, I agree with. Villanova, a lot of people question, question whether they should be in the top five after not having games because of COVID-19. Iowa and Luca Garza and Jordan Bohannon staying at number four. I think that's a good fit. Texas, even after losing to Texas Tech, I believe they still believe or still believe they should be in the top five. They only dropped a spot. Tennessee moved up four spots. The Tennessee Volunteers, kind of a sleeper this year. This is the team I wanted to talk about. Last week, Michigan moved up to number seven. And this week, or excuse me, last week, they lost to the Minnesota Gophers by double digits. And the Michigan Wolverines are in the same exact AP poll spot as last week. I'm surprised they didn't fall. And I'm if they lose another game this week, I'm assuming they fall, but I'm questioning why they didn't fall this week. They should have fell to at least 8, 9, maybe even 10 but why are they at 7 when they lost to double digits? Yes, the Minnesota Gophers are now ranked 17th. Probably because they beat the Michigan Wolverines. But why is Michigan in the same spot? Texas went from 4 to 5 after they lost to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is a good team. So why didn't Michigan fall? Is my question. That is just something I saw and I was very, very surprised with. Some people are surprised that Illinois is still in the top 25. Illinois is now ranked 22nd in the nation, dropping eight spots. You know, it's a little bit of a weird year, but Michigan staying at number seven really surprised me. And I want to see your guys' comments. You know, I post th these things on Facebook, on Twitter. Give me your feedback, because I want to know if you guys agree with me or not. 
Should Michigan stay at number seven or should have they dropped a couple spots after losing to the Minnesota Gophers by more than double digits? Anyways, that'll do it for this week on the Beyond the Basket tooth and nail episode where these games are just too close to call. Next week, we'll be covering more Big East basketball. And then, of course, in two weeks, we'll be covering the first Bracketology episode. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day and make sure to watch some Big East tooth this week.